Welcome to another episode of Mad Femmes, where we will be discussing the latest episode of Mad Men, wherein Megan is going to follow her dream. I am Brandi Sperry in Seattle. I'm Shannon Bowen in Oakland, also hoping to follow my dreams. I'm Teresa Schechter in Brooklyn, living the dream. Ooh. <laughs> okay, so... We can start with Megan or we can start with Pete. These were the two main storylines of the episode. Maybe we start with Megan and just say, I'm just going to ask, why do we care? <laughs> I mean, not saying I don't care at all, but this episode wasn't very good at reminding me why I should care. So I don't know. I was a little dissatisfied with the presentation of this life decision for Megan. I would like to coin a new phrase, which I want to call Megan problems. <laughs> Hashtag Megan, Megan problems. problems. Uh, <laughs> I just don't feel yeah. right in all these fabulous coats in this <laughs> office. <laughs> I need to go follow my dream because I've never had to work for anything. So just, <laughs> just Also, I need new casual outfits I can wear with my ponytail. <laughs> ponytail means she's an actress Duh. ponytail means she's getting down to business guys come on she's yeah. working hard she's the going to class of laying on a floor with her she's eyes pretending closed. to be a leaf in the forest <laughs> i think we could have seen if we saw her struggle and have some type of internal conflict instead of just this, her dad says something she decides and then she's out i mean i was totally on peggy's side when peggy's like whoa, you don't even want to be here and there is so many people that would kill for this job? I mean, yeah. I wanted to bitch slap Megan and be like, grow up. Yeah, I mean, I just think that if we're going to watch somebody make a decision to like follow their dream and do a career change or whatever, that can be a really interesting thing to show. It is hard to decide what you want to do with your life. But the way that they showed it, yeah, it was just too easy. Dawn was like, well, I want you to be happy. And everyone in the office was like, good luck. You know, <laughs> it's just, really? We need to spend a whole episode on that? What? It was total filler for me. It was just absolute filler. Saying, I thought this was a pretty boring episode. I mean, I just was like, I, you know, Pete being Pete, Megan and her Megan problems. <laughs> and Pete with his Pete problems. Yeah, I feel like the episode was trying to act like this was something new for Pete. And it's like, I've seen season one. I know about Peggy, you know, like, it, it, granted, it's taking place in suburbia. And, you know, Rory Gilmore is there, which was weird for me. But I don't I don't know why this was so much more significant than the other times he strayed from Trudy. Well, now he's just completely trying to be Dawn in season one. I mean, she looks like Betty. She's depressed. I, I just felt like it, once again, Pete becoming Dawn season one. And I don't know what they're doing with that. Also, can we talk up. about more death references? If somebody doesn't die in the next two episodes, so many. I'm going to be really pissed off. I was literally even thinking, like, right before the elevator shaft thing, I was like, someone could fall down an elevator shaft or something. like. And then they showed it, and I was like, oh, my God. More symbolism, yes. I was waiting for a ski to punch uh, somebody in the Ooh, throat or ski something. Accident? <laughs> like... Skiing accident. 
Yeah. These guys are thirsting for blood. Just listen to I you. Just, I felt like the, the sense of dread was maybe the only really interesting thing about this episode. And so for it to just then kind of end with like Don being like, nope, the Beatles aren't for me. I was like, what was hey, the point you of all that? Hey, you my yard. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do find it interesting, this whole theme, you know, and he said it a few times. Well, I'll ask Megan what she thinks about that music or Megan knows like, it's, I'm a little sad that Don's becoming so lame, I have to say. I'm just a little sad that he's becoming such a fuddy-duddy. But also, it's interesting, how was he going to do at this job without Megan? I mean, they've been building it up that the only way he's really been good at his job so far this season is in tandem with Megan. And now she's leaving, and she's going in a direction that he can't follow. I mean, he doesn't know anything about acting. I mean, has he even gone to see a theater show ever? No. <laughs> I don't think I don't he would know. like and he it. he doesn't get the Beatles? Like, come on. I don't... It's weird. I don't... We'll see how the relationship survives this. He always struck me as being a really savvy guy. You know, he's a savvy guy. He can sort of figure shit out. And now he's just kind of lost. And I, I also have to say, what is this new Peggy and Don have no chemistry storyline? Like, mm-hmm. suddenly they have no chemistry? Because the plot requires them to have no chemistry. I would be thrown off if Mr. Belding was there too. I mean, <laughs> Mr. Belding, what are you doing here to listen to me talk about Cool Whip? Yeah, there were so many weird cameos. You know, we've got Rory, we've got Mr. Belding. I mean, it's coming it's, off it's of the week because it never. Yeah, happened. coming off of the week with Julio Armand and Ray Wise, I was just kind of like, what is with this casting department right now? Like, I don't know what's going on. Who's Mr. Belding? Yeah, they're doing a lot of guests. Oh, it, from Saved by the Bell, he played the principal. I don't, I don't know who <laughs> that is. Us, those of us who uh, were preteens in the 80s are well-versed <laughs> in Saved by the Bell on Saturday morning. Yeah. And after school. It's a big part of my childhood was spent watching. I might own the Saved by the Bell board game. I might still own it. <laughs> Which oh, you that's, win that's it. A collector you thing. win it by getting a date with both Zach and Slater. So it's just teaching you to be a little slut, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway. And now he's on Mad Men. You know, is, was he yeah. Mr. Dessert? Was he like the dessert king? Yeah, oh. the guy that came in and was like, I don't know about this, guys. It was really random. Um. Yeah, but I agree with you. Them not having chemistry seems weird. I mean, you can see that they still kind of do when they talk to each other even on that first phone call together where it's like yes i'm playing a joke on you and you know like that was funny they were bantering they can still do that so why aren't they is the more interesting question to ask i think i don't know series of phone calls that don makes to peggy late at night could become its own meme i think Yeah, totally. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I I had to rewind and watch again when she like yelled pizza house into the phone. <laughs> oh, it's too funny. Like, yes, you're you really covered that one up well, Becky. <laughs> She's so bad at those things though. She's such a little good Catholic schoolgirl at heart, you know. She's not good at covering for someone else and I thought it was really cool how she was totally caught off guard. She was like, I thought you guys were happy, so I would never in a million years think that I had to cover for her. I do think that Peggy's getting her groove back, though. I I think, you know, her 
blowing up at Megan, even her calling Dawn out of like, you're not mad at me. You know, I think she's getting her little fire back. I mean, she's still very sad working late in the office by herself, but I, I think she's she's getting her groove back. But by the end there, she was working late in the office with Stan and they were smoking a joint. So <laughs> maybe she is getting her groove back. Yeah. That first episode when she gets stoned is such a great episode. Oh, that's the best. I'm Peggy Olsen, and I want to smoke some marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) So good. And now it's just no big. I'm going to sit here at my typewriter, passing around a joint. The thing I love about about the whole Peggy smoking thing is that she looks like this sort of straight-laced professional girl, and she's smoking pot like it's no big deal, you know? I love that mm. just that casual, the casual drug use, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, we're just going to smoke in the office. Well, it shows how surprising she is. You know, she's not what she appears to be. And I love that about her character. Yeah. Can we talk briefly about that moment with her and Pete where he's dragging the skis by, which honestly, him and the skis made me so happy in this episode. No matter what else I disliked about it, <laughs> him dragging those skis around was the best. And that but line she... that Roger says, well, I got to see that. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's kind of doing the same thing Roger is. She's like, are you a really good skier? Are you like a champion? <laughs> and anytime they have those little bantery moments between the two of them that kind of remind us, like they get each other, are are funny to me. And, and it's good to be reminded that Peggy is clever. Oh, yeah. she's She's really clever. And, uh, yeah, I, it was, it's kind of funny when they have the little flirt flirtations and it's like, oh yeah, they had a baby together. (laughs) Oh yeah, that happened. I often flirt with people I've had secret babies with, so I don't know. I mean, that's why I have to keep switching jobs. It's kind of a problem. (laughs) Moving on. Um, so. He kind of blows up again about the music. This is the second time we've seen him kind of, I don't know, get angry all of a sudden. Who are we talking Ginsburg? about? Ginsburg? I yeah. liked Ginsburg in this episode. I, I I really liked him. I liked his pitch. I thought his pitch was really good. And uh, I really liked him getting really pissed off about the music. Like, it's 30 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand why he was so angry. Yeah, I don't know why he was so angry, but it was really funny. <laughs> And then Don's like, why are you cursing? <laughs> Only just reinforcing that he's a total old man who's like, this is not the time or the place for four-letter words. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like to know more about Ginsburg because he, he, he seemed – I liked listening to him and uh, Stan talk about music. I like them throwing these bands around like it's just part of their regular life, listening to this music and debating like the zombies. No, it's got to be just right. You know, I thought that was that was cool. Yeah, I like the line when Don says, when did music become so important? Oh, yeah. That was a really good line. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to get to see some backstory of Ginsburg and Stan. I mean, we saw Ginsburg's dad, but we don't really follow those characters out of the office. I don't know. I mean, we've only got five episodes left in this season now. So I am wondering where this is all going. This episode seems to push things in kind of a different direction and not necessarily one I'm more interested in you know I don't really want to spend time with Megan while she's navigating the casting couch or whatever 
Um, I would be much more interested in learning more about Ginsburg, learning more about Don the secretary, and even seeing how Peggy and Abe are adjusting to living together, like things that feel like things that we really want to know about, not something new that's being thrown at us in episode eight, rather than deepening something that happened before, which I feel like this Megan going back to acting thing is kind of out of left field, even with uh, her no, dad. I, I disagree. I disagree. I think this is all part of this whole season is exploring Don and Megan's relationship. I mean, that's a huge theme. Is he going to make it? Is he going to be different? Is this marriage going to work? And here we have her making the decisions. She's making the decisions, not him. And she's, she's picking the direction for this relationship. And so we'll see if he likes that. I mean, we saw him casually lie about a couple different things during this. I mean, he's still got the liar thing hinting at you need to go home and have routine so, you know, you don't lose each other. I mean, my prediction is that she's going to leave him by the end of the season. Well, that's a good point, but maybe, I mean, maybe that points to another problem, which is that Don himself has become kind of boring to the point where I only care about their relationship when they're blowing up at each other or when I feel like something bad is about to happen. When it's a meditation on things that are going pretty well, I'm way less interested. I don't know. Well, no, I think that's a really good point. And I don't know. I think that things are going well now, but we know, we've we seen hints that they're going to go bad. We know what they're capable of, and it's not good. I'm mad at this episode. It's just it just was not an interesting episode. There's there's so little to say. Am I missing something? There's just like so little to say about this episode. Oh, oh I was totally like I don't even know what we're going to talk about in the podcast because I mean it's pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could talk about what was up with that green vinyl jacket that Megan was wearing on her last day in the office. Because she wore, like, two really cute coats before that, and then all of a sudden she decided to quit, and her clothes took a nosedive. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure well, that was... I, I looked at Tom and Lorenzo in that, that yellow plaid jacket she was wearing, and they were like, dear God, there were so many couches that were this material in the 70s. <laughs> <which I thought laughs> That's was really true. Funny. I didn't mind that one comparatively, though, although it was a step down from the really cute, like, black and white houndstooth one that she had on while she was being a damn dirty liar to Don, which I thought that was such sloppy storytelling using the, ooh, we don't know where she's going. She got a mysterious message and she lied about her whereabouts. Like, unless it was really going to be, yeah, unless it was really going to be her pimp and we were going to be vindicated and she was totally a call girl. That was the only way I was going to be down with that. Yeah, I mean, you just want to scream at the writers. Uh, we've gone through this before. This whole show is about people lying to each other. Give us something interesting. I don't. I thought there was a lot of clunky stuff in this episode. A lot of the dialogue between Pete and Beth was like, she literally goes, "He wouldn't care if I was alive or dead." I'm like, is this a line that's happening in an Emmy award-winning show right now? <laughs> oh, is oh, this... Pete and 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 her are going to be in a car accident together okay then he really is don then it's like when he was in a car accident with what's her face who was married to the comedian exactly <sighs> i think the person that's going to be hurt the most by the end of the season is trudy i mean i just think 
she is all set up to lose everything and she she has no clue who Pete really is. And now yeah. he's just being reckless. And that'll be sad because I like Trudy a lot even though she is pretty dense about who her husband is. I mean, and she's willfully dense because she knows that he cheated on her while she was away for the summer that time. And she mm -hmm. just decided to push it down and, and never talk about it again. And this Beth character, I just, I don't really know if I'm down to, to listen to her. I mean, she's such a cock tease. She was like, don't ever call me again, but I'll be thinking about you and touching myself or whatever she's saying. <laughs> and it's just like, what are you talking about? Ugh. I mean, I granted, Pete's really crazy to go to the house for dinner, but she is nutty i i just got a flash of that school teacher that don was uh -huh, oh yeah with. she always seemed like she was going to come unhinged i was really surprised that she didn't yeah yeah she was just as uninteresting to me another character that, by the way that matthew weiner loved matthew weiner loved her that school teacher character she didn't do anything she didn't do anything and he loved her he loves Megan. Clearly, he thinks Megan is just fantastic. I like Megan. I'm I'm still in the I like Megan camp. I don't dislike her. I liked her quite a bit in the previous two episodes, but this one it was just it wasn't the, it wasn't her fault, you know. It wasn't the actress's fault or anything, but it was just ugh, just I couldn't I couldn't figure out why we were spending an entire episode on this if it wasn't going to end with someone having some interesting reaction that would propel some change in the office. And are we just going to like hire someone else to replace her when we haven't even gotten to know our two new hires already? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I hope not. Like I would rather just spend more time with the characters that are there that are being wasted a little bit. Can we talk about Stan's pants? <laughs> Stan's outfits always, are interesting to me like his shirts are just a little too tight and his <laughs> pants are a little too tight oh my god those those mustard pants when he bent over i was just like i i'm i don't even know what to do with myself right now <laughs> exactly what i was thinking of it's mustard pants yeah and it was just like that you could just see the everything about his butt i mean it was like i've seen it was like this like i've seen man pants i mean i felt like it was like a woman wearing too tight of jeans or something i was just like ah oh god oh and can we talk about the elevator death reference who was talking about shannon you had you had some thoughts about the elevator yeah i didn't see it as a death reference i saw it as a she's going in a direction he cannot follow Somebody didn't watch L.A. Law, I guess. I did not. Call me out. Plummeting down an elevator shaft was a very famous character death on that show. And that is what I think of always in elevator shaft sequences. Right. Sorry, you got me there. I've never seen it. So you think it's just a metaphor for, for Megan and Don's divergent paths in life? Yes, very eloquently put. Thank you. And, and then she's looking so youthful at the end. She's wearing pants and she's got a ponytail and she just looks so much younger than him. And he's sitting in his tie trying to understand the Beatles. I mean, he just looked like such a dad and she looked like this youthful daughter. 
What was the closing Beatles song? Uh, I'm blanking on the title of it now. Was it the, the same song? Tomorrow in it. Oh, Tomorrow Never Knows? Yes, that's it. That's the song he was listening to earlier, too, right? Yeah, I think it was just the one song. Hey, you know how if you play a certain Beatles song backwards, it says <laughs> Paul is dead? <laughs> I saw people hashtagging Paul Kinsey is dead. <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> I thought it was quite funny because who cares what happened to Paul Kinsey, am I right? <laughs> At this point. That's brilliant though. <laughs> so I guess they paid a quarter of a million dollars to get the rights to that <gasps> song. Really? Mm. Holy shit. Big investment. And who knows how much money they paid for Rory Gilmore and Mr. <laughs> Belding. This is an expensive, boring episode. Can we just talk about our predictions since there's not much to analyze? I mean, of course, there's that wonderful preview. God. Um, I feel like I have no idea. I have no idea what the, what to predict at this point. I, I haven't been too good at it so far this season. I don't know what they're trying to do at all. I'm just going to go with it and hope that the next episode is better than this one because the, the two previous were so good. Oh, they've been so good. Yeah. We should change this to the Sherlock podcast <laughs> and just talk about Benedict Cumberbatch for a few minutes. Oh my yeah, God, I really enjoyed Sherlock this weekend. <laughs> I was like, I really thought halfway through I was about to get pissed because I do. I really liked series one of Sherlock, but I did have some issues with how it was a bit sexist at times. Yeah. And Sherlock was always making these like misogynistic comments to the lady cops and stuff, which I just thought was unnecessary. So for a second there, I thought they were really going to kill off Irene Adler halfway through the first episode of the new series. And I was like, they totally got me. It was really kind of sad that they totally got me. And then, of course, they're not going to kill her. Come on. <laughs> but wait, guys, I don't know if we should talk about Sherlock because, you know, we may not have crossover. Okay, yeah. never mind. Just for a second. Well, just I for know, a second. I'm just saying. Spoilers for Sherlock. Put put spoilers for Sherlock on Please. the episode description. Aren't are they aren't they both on at nine o'clock on Sunday nights? Or yes. no? I can't handle how everything I want to watch is at the same time. I can't clone myself, TV. I mean, there's seven days of the week. Why is everything on between 8 and 11 p.m. on Sundays? It's because Mad Men and Sherlock and Game of Thrones are all on at the same time now, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. okay. Don't and put girls. all the smart people shows. All the smart people <laughs> shows, you know? I mean, nobody's watching. It's Put it against two and a half men. You got a whole different audience. <laughs> Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. Predictions. Okay. Real predictions. Yeah. Just death. All I predict is death. <laughs> okay. But this is my prediction of how the death's going to happen. Sally's running down the hallway at the office for some reason and pushes somebody into the open elevator shaft. Maybe Peter. <laughs> Dark. Okay. Dark. I think that I think that Pete is going to bring his hunting rifle into work and just lay waste to most of Sterling Cooper Draper's place. <laughs> and then he's going to ski out like the biathlon. He's going to ski out. 
Oh my god. I fe- I predict that the final episode will tease out a ton of these different situations and make it seem like anyone might die and then end with just like Cooper choking on a chicken wing or something. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Nobody else. All right. <laughs> It'll be just like the the most unglamorous, totally silly death that they can come up with because it, the absurdity of life, right? Like just the absurdity of it all. Yeah, I. It's hard to beat Ida Blankenship's death. Ida Blankenship, rest in peace. Yes. Um, I wow. did love the whole Cool Whip pitching. Oh, I wanted some Cool Whip so bad. <laughs> I was like, it's really good. I'm sure it's just chemicals that are terrible for you. Why don't you Uh, taste it? Just taste it. Just try it. Taste it. Try it. (laughs) Just taste it. Try it. Just taste it already. Oh my god. I guess I'll taste it. Try it. Taste it. I don't know. And Ken standing there not knowing what's going on as usual. (laughs) Sometimes it's funny that he doesn't know what's going on, but on this episode it was just like, why are you there? Alright, so I mean, the, I think other people liked this episode. I saw a review, I think it was the Hollywood Reporter, that was like, this is the Emmy episode. And I was like, what? did you guys mix up your reviews from last week and this week? Because I'm so confused. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe we're missing something? I... Well, good. Now I know to never read the Hollywood Reporter's recaps. So, that's great. <laughs> There's already so many that I like to read. So let's say which ones we like to read, actually. I like to read the Slate recaps, the four-part series that they do. Is that the AV Club or the TV Club? Yeah, Yeah, the Julia, Patrick. Yeah. They write letters to each other. I like that one a lot. I read that, and I read Tom and Lorenzo's Mad Style, and that's pretty much it these days. I love Um, their Mad Style, and I like the recap one, too. They're both really good. I sometimes read uh, the Time Magazine TV critic I like quite a bit, James uh, Poniewozik, I think is how you say his last name. Uh, but really, like, I don't seek out too much stuff. I just click links from people I follow on Twitter, like him. And a lot of times I don't read any recaps until after we've already recorded. Although I did read that Hollywood Reporter one today just because I saw the headline and was like, huh? <laughs> people liked that episode? All right, well, let's hope that the next one's better. Here's I'm sure it will be. Yeah. All right, so thank you for listening to another episode of Mad Femmes. You can find us on Facebook, at Twitter, at Mad underscore Femmes, and you can listen to all the back episodes on iTunes or Tumblr. Usually they're a lot more interesting than this because usually the show's a lot more interesting than this. So stay tuned for next week.